Good morning. Thought I would get you an update on the markets uh, as we've now pretty fully digested the USDA supply and demand report from uh, here in the middle of July, where the USDA uh, projected not only record tight old crop ending stocks, uh, but now very, very tight new crop ending stocks uh, on corn, beans, and wheat. And in all three cases, we are at levels on stocks to use ratios we haven't seen since 2013 and 14. And so these are seven, eight year low stocks to use ratios on these three major crops. And we have in all three cases very high yields, record high yields and lower export demand. And these are the numbers that are needed to make these balance sheets work out this way. And so what is now the question on everybody's mind is, you know, is there a, a rationale for lower export demand? And is there a rationale for record yields? And in both cases, there are very big questions. And, and in both cases, I think the government is wrong. I'm looking at uh, drought maps. I'm looking at projected temperatures over the next 6 to 10, 8 to 14 days where we will see record heat in the Dakotas, Minnesota, now stretching into Iowa and Nebraska, some of the you know major, major producing areas where we're going to put a lot of stress on the corn crop. And then you know if these models, of course, confirm into early August, extraordinary stress on the soybean crop. So that brings into question the, uh, these USDA estimates of record yields. And again, in all three cases, they've reduced export demand for next year. Uh, another uh, serious flaw, I believe, in their modeling where we have seen basically the world around us completely burn up, where we've seen the Brazilian corn crop now collapse from original estimates from 109 million metric tons down to 85. Most private analysts are in the low, uh, you know, mid to upper 80s. 24 million metric ton corn loss is about a billion bushels. And of course, some of that demand will be offset by Argentina and the Ukraine, but not all of it. And so it'd be very difficult to expect lower U.S. exports when you've lost a billion bushels in one of your leading export countries in the world. In fact, the Brazilian situation is so messed up right now that the uh, the export sales that were made are being bought back by the domestic market because they've run out of corn. And in fact, southern Brazil has bought 30 boats of corn from Argentina. And of course, they're right in the middle of their harvest. So here we are with, you know, harvest at the, uh, in Brazil where they should be exporting corn. They're buying corn back and they're buying boats from Brazil, excuse me, from Argentina to offset the fact that they're out of old crop corn. So it's it's an absolute nightmare down in Brazil. Ultimately, there's no question in my mind this leads to increased U.S. corn demand. Canada, the canola crop has burnt up. There are estimates we've lost about 5 million metric tons of canola. Uh, that's about 3 million tons of meal and about 2 million tons of oil. The U.S. imports a fair amount of canola meal and canola oil. Canada also exports a fair amount of canola, the seed itself, to China. So with that loss in meal and oil, it has to be replaced by other oil and meal. I'm assuming that will lead to an increase in U.S. Um, meal and oil demand. And that will mean you know, the U.S. will need to increase their crush 
and Canada will not have the canola to sell to uh, China, and so China will have to increase soybean imports. Um, so the oil seed balance sheet is in the midst of a major disruption right now. So the idea that we're going to lower exports of soybeans, lower exports of corn year over year, based on what we're seeing from our biggest exporting competitors, really just doesn't make any sense at this moment, but that's what the USDA has plugged in their balance sheets. In the crop condition rating, um, we were expecting a big improvement in, in corn and soybean conditions after those, quote, big rains, uh, and it didn't happen. And so now we're questioning the validity of the rain that actually fell uh, and, and, and made improvements in these crops. To put it in perspective, this year's good to excellent rating in beans is around 60%, right at 60%. Last year it was 69 Corn this year is at 65%, last year at 72%, and cotton is at 60%, good to excellent, versus 45% last year. No problem with that, with all the great rains in West Texas. Big difference in the crop in West Texas out there in the cotton market. But it's the corn and beans that continue to lag last year. Um, you know, I don't put a lot of uh, credence in government ratings of crops because it's really difficult to know what you're looking at. But it's just an anecdotal piece of evidence to put in perspective. Um, the chances of beating last year's corn yield and bean yield don't look real high at the moment based on these ratings. And now we've got these models rolling forward of extreme heat and dryness in the upper Midwest over the next two weeks that I believe will ultimately take a toll on this crop. And it's just too late uh, in the crop development to fix the damage that, that may be coming. Our pricing targets uh, have not changed. We're still looking uh, for cotton to trade to that 94, 95 cent area. So I want all my cotton customers to start placing orders on a staggered basis at 92.50, 93.50, and 94.50 to sell up to 50% of your crop, and that that is uh, independently, you know dependent on your feel for your crop, your trust in your yields, your trust in your production. But I'd like to get up to 50% sold in if, if we can run on up and test that 94, 95 cent area. We, we did make a sale here as we were expecting the market to make a run to $7. We got that. We have a little bit of old crop wheat left to sell. Ultimately, I think we run and test 750 again and where we will finish out this year's wheat sales. No recommendation for next year wheat sales. Uh, the Minneapolis wheat crop is probably completely burned up. Ultimately, I believe it's got a chance to go through $10, and that will pull all wheat classes higher. And so maybe we have a shot at $8 wheat for next year on our first pricing target. Corn, no changes. We're still looking for $7 new crop corn. Beans, no changes. Still looking for $15.80 to $16 new crop soybeans. So no changes in any of our target pricing there. And for those of you with September soybean and corn calls, we've got about two weeks of time before we start running out of uh, time value on these options. And if these weather models do confirm and the market wants to price in some premium over the next two to three weeks, we should see a pretty good appreciation in the call values. If we do not, and the market stays stagnant because the funds want to continue to sell into this market based on what they believe are seasonal highs, um, and that is their prerogative. They've done it all the way through June and into part of July here. 
if they maintain that stance, we will then roll these options out of the November soybean calls and out of out of excuse me out of the September calls and roll the soybeans to November and roll the corn to December and move our length out to where we have a clear picture of these balance sheets and how tight they really are and market should um, be more responsive to and appreciate how tight these balance sheets really are so over the next two to three weeks be ready to roll these calls all right my friends i hope you have a wonderful day we'll talk soon and again these are my opinions and not those of adm or admis